Hello and welcome back to Growing Rural Ministries. I'm Reverend Megan and I am pleased today to be interviewing um, Pastor Timothy Johnson. Um, and I heard him at the New Room Conference say that his rural church in a place that has more possums than people and in 13 churches internationally in the last 18 months, that's during COVID. And my mind was blown. So I said, I have got to talk to this man and hear that story. So welcome, Timothy. Thank you for joining me. My blessing and my honor, Megan. Thank you. And it's Tim. So I think yeah. I'm only, it's only Timothy if my mom got, I was in trouble with my mom. So. All right. Well, would you just go ahead and tell us this story? How did that happen? Sure. Um, I guess a little bit of backstory first. Um, so uh, I'm 57 years old, been in ministry 25 years, uh, served um, before uh, being born again and before coming to Christ, uh, worked in newspapers and, um, and, uh, but uh, that again came to Christ a little bit later. But I have been at Firmers Chapel, an old, just a very small country church by a creek, for 18 years now almost. So again, in Methodist, you're not Methodist, and in dog years, you know, it's like 128 or something. So, but I've been here for a while. And um, before I came here, um, I, I'm I'm a I'm a simple. I really think I'm a pretty simple guy. I I, I love to preach. Uh, I love to teach. And that's about it. Um, I, I think that's pretty much the extent of my giftedness, um, just in all in all in all honesty. Um, but when I was an associate pastor in Greensburg, Indiana, uh, 20 years ago, Megan, crazy thing, as you begin to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, as you begin to kind of sense the promptings, as, as you kind of realize that the thoughts that kind of drop in your head aren't your thoughts, and the kind of pokes in your spirit aren't really necessarily your gut or bad pizza from the night before, it actually might be the Holy Spirit, and so there might be some sense of a person living inside of you, and, and just as I was beginning to kind of understand the, the role of the Holy Spirit in my life, again, coming to Christ uh, later in my life, uh, going to Asbury Theological Seminary for incredible teaching and training. Oh, my gosh. Um, so as an associate pastor at Greensburg, I had this sense pretty early, Megan, I was supposed to do something internationally. OK, so I'm associate pastor at Greensburg. It's a larger downtown church. And uh, so we begin to go on mission trips to Guatemala. Uh, that's one of the very first uh, uh, the very first mission trip I took uh, back as a student at Asbury was actually in Israel. Three weeks, uh, got to meet Yasser Arafat, stay in refugee camps. We stayed in a little place in the desert called, wait for it, diarrhea. Not even kidding. Not even kidding. But anyway, so that's the first experience with missions. And I never had, I really had never seen myself, Megan, as a missionary or, again, I'm just a simple preacher. I just wanted to tell people about Jesus. That's all I wanted to do. And I didn't think that I thought other people were created to be the missionary, not me at all. So, so we go to Green, where I'm in Greensburg and I just get this sense. I'm supposed to be a part of, of, of something internationally. And sure enough, we've got two members of the church who are from Guatemala, Lyndon and Jamie Rivera. And so we begin to go to Guatemala. So long story short, about six trips into this. So we've been to now Guatemala six times uh, in just a couple of years we began to sense that God was saying, plant a church, plant a church. So um, the very last, the last trip I ever took to Guatemala was the very first year here. So that was 18 years ago, came here, put together a, a team, half of uh, some folks from Greensburg and some folks from here in, 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 in uh, from Chapel. Small country church here, got here, 85, you know, rural cornfields, 
soybean fields, cemetery, big cemetery across the church, big steeple, white church, creek in the back, big parking lot. We are the only building, um, except for the parsonage across the street, we're the only building for about a mile, a half a mile, mile eight radius. Um, we've got lots of woods, we've got lots of possums, we've got lots of raccoons um, and a few coyotes. And so we do this mission trip. And again, long story short, it was an utter failure. Um, but we had 12 people to go before we even got there. Three people had dropped off within the first few hours of even before we left. So we went from 12 that we had been planning. So this was the trip, right, Megan? This was the trip to go and plant a church in Guatemala, our first ever attempt, my first ever attempt. But we'd been about six times. We prepared the ground. We had, we, had till, we had tilled the soil, all that. Utter failure. I mean, literally felt like John Wesley, you know, his first and only trip to America. And he goes back with his tail between his legs and just like, you know, it's just defeated. It was horrible. Uh, we found three or four of the leadership had been involved in sexual sin. They were not going to repent of it. We couldn't plan a church. We came back. And like four of the nine members who did go were deathly sick the entire time. It was a disaster. We came back. So honestly, I was done, right? I just think, okay, I thought, I'm, I'm realizing I heard wrong. That was bad pizza. I did not hear the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to continue to do what I do. And that is begin to just love on the people here and, and just help people understand the love of Jesus. That's it. So about a year and a half later, 18 months later, I'm walking down a hallway in, 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 in Harrison County Jail. Uh, we're getting ready to do a jail ministry. And so I'm walking, we're carrying equipment. I'm carrying speakers and microphones and all that. And there's this older man, about 80, 85 years old. His name was Bill Power. And I've never met the guy. Megan, never met the guy. We're passing like ships in the night. We're passing in the hallway, just loading equipment to get ready for this jail ministry. It's a Friday afternoon. And as I'm passing right here, he, look, he just, right as we're passing, he just looks at me as he's walking. You're going to Columbia. That's it. Yeah. We, and it was like, what? So he keeps walking. I keep walking. We interact a little bit during the weekend. I never ask him a thing about Columbia. Two months later, we're at another, we're at a conference event here in Indiana. I see him. So I walk up to him. I said, Bill, you remember me? Oh, I remember you. <laughs> I said, well, what did you mean? Thus began, I think, this revival renewal of God's call to get into ministry, uh, ministry and missions. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, our first trip to Columbia was uh, about a year and a half, uh, probably 2009, I think it was, like 2009. Again, I was here 2005, the failure, the year. So, so it took about 2009 when we first tripped. That was me and my son. We, uh, my, my son, we went with a, a smaller church here. <clears throat> that smaller church said, you know, we're kind of just here for that one trip. But something happened, Megan, something clicked. We started thinking this is partnership. All those years ago, when we felt like, I felt like the Lord said international church planting, international church ministries, the preparation was Guatemala. The fruit was going to be Colombia. And so today, 2021, uh, we I sit here, still the pastor of a small country church in Corden, Indiana, cornfields, possums, uh, you know, everything else. And, um, we just got back, just got back from yet another trip to Columbia. That has been our probably 15th trip to Columbia now over the last many years. Uh, we are now looking, we have a vision meeting tonight. So about three hours from now, we have another vision meeting tonight by Zoom. 
uh, with the pastors, some pastors there, some our missionaries, one of the missionaries now, one of our full-time missionaries is our daughter, my daughter, our daughter. Um, she's there uh, in, a, in a place called Tulu. Uh, we are looking at women's uh, domestic violence shelters. We're looking at something called Kingdom Men, which is to help raise young men into uh, not to be cultural men, but to be kingdom men. Um, we have church plants. We have, and we've really broken this up into three categories. And I can share even more about how this is opened up. And there's one last story. There's one story I want to share with you that kind of broke it all open. And uh, and one of them, um, so we have three categories. We have church plants. We have ministry or training centers. And we have community services. So in those three categories, we are on five continents. We have yet to hit Antarctica, and we've yet to hit Australia. But we're looking, we're praying about how to help the kangaroos and how to help the penguins. We're trying to figure this out. But uh, we're on five continents in those in those five categories. Whether it's a church, in many areas it's the church, ministry, or training center where we train pastors, leaders, um, evangelists. Uh, we just we have teaching centers, and or uh, community services. And a lot of times, Megan, we have all three. Um, so um, fast forward. So 2009 was the first trip to Columbia. I believe it was around 2011. We began to really work in our vision. So now think about this. I've been here at this point, six years. And a lot of times I think people think it happens like that. It just doesn't. It takes a long time of prayer, fasting, listening to the Holy Spirit and uh, trial and error. Remember, the, my greatest failure in international church planting was Guatemala, which set us up for some, we think, some successes. Um, but it didn't happen until really what, what you were saying and what I told, what I said at New Room, we didn't see the explosion until just the last 18 months. So we had some ministries and we had some international partnerships. But whatever happened, when pandemic shut everything down physically, this opened up right here. Zoom and and our international brothers and sisters, they can't travel as easily as we can sometimes, but they can do this. And all of a sudden, Megan, 18 months ago, we, it's like literally popcorn popping. You know, it, it takes a while for popcorn in the microwave, you know, but after a while, boy, if you a couple of minutes, right, two, three minutes, all of a sudden, every kernel is pop, 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 pop. And that's what it felt like about 18 months ago. Before then, though, uh, last thing real quick, and I know I, just, I, I could, I just, I love, I just thank you for this invitation. I love to talk because here's my heart. Here's my heart. We are still a small country church. We're not a mega church. We have mega church thinking. We have mega church vision. We have, we have small country church resources. We still live budget by budget or week by week. That's our budget week by week. Um, people sell John Deere tractors so that we can pay our bills. I mean, we don't have mega sort resources. But we have a mega God and we have a mega Holy Spirit and we have this mega attitude that we can change the world. And, and that's really kind of the DNA of Firmer Chapel. Uh, we're 208 years old now. And, and we kind of when we tapped into our, who we are, part of who we are, a big part of who we are, our largest part of our budget is missions. Largest part by far. There's not even thing, anything comes close. Um, we are always looking to plant another church, establish another ministry training center or serve the community in in, in tulu in sensalejo colombia nepal uh europe uh israel uh afghanistan pakistan uh turkey all those places we've i've named you uh, malawi 
uh, Egypt, Tanzania. I'm having coffee this Saturday with a with a pastor uh, in, I want to say, I, I, I can't remember what country in Africa, but some country in Africa, I can't remember, but he's here on visa and I'm going to have coffee with him. We are always looking, all of those I just named you, we have ministry centers, churches, or community action services. And this is our people. I spend more time on Zoom. Uh, I probably spend about 70% of my week on Zoom with my international people than I do doing local ministry because this is what's exploded right now. Um, um, but it really did happen because I think the pandemic. So pandemic shuts us down. It felt like God opened this up. The last quick story, and again, whatever questions you, I mean, I just, again, I could, I know it's kind of like a shotgun approach here, but uh, I get excited because I just think that if Framers Chapel can do it, any church can do it. Megan, I really believe that. I am a simple, simple pastor preacher. I really am. I, yes, I went to seminary and I struggled. I did not make top A's. I made B's and C's. Um, I, I, I'm, there's nothing, I mean, I know we're all special, we're, but there's just nothing special, unique. I don't think I carry this great anointing. I love God. I think the Holy Spirit is pretty powerful and try to listen to where the Holy Spirit leads us and try to stay humble in that, but also um, try to say yes to wherever he, he, he may lead us. I think every church, we have a saying here, if it can happen here, it can happen there. It really can because again, limited money, limited resources. We still have walls in our church that need painting. We still have holes in our roof that need patching. But we're, But that doesn't stop us from thinking, ooh, how about this partnership? How about this partnership? How about this? How about this? And 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 yeah, it, it's it's exciting. It's amazing. We have a, a real partnership with New Life International. It's a water purification system uh, um, ministry out of New Life, out of I'm sorry, Underwood, Indiana. And um, the the man Stephen Udi who who comes to our church now, he, he's a bike rider. I'm a bike rider, and this is now probably ten years ago. He's riding his bike in the country, right? From a chapel in the country, he's riding his bike one beautiful day. He stops. He's not really even attending church right at, at this point. Um, he's feeling a, a real tug about international missions. And so he goes in, he sees my secretary at the time, and he says, can I go in? He doesn't know anybody in the church. He just goes in and says, can I go in the sanctuary and pray? I just feel like I'm supposed to pray here. Well, I show up about 10 minutes later. My secretary says, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a creeper upstairs. Go, uh, there's, somebody, no, there's somebody upstairs praying. Can you, you think you should go there and pray? I said, well, sure. So I go up. He's praying. I don't bother him. I just sit in the front pew, and he's he's a couple pews back. I've never met the guy. He finishes praying. He looks up. He says, oh, hello. I says, hey, Pastor Tim, Stephen. Thus began a partnership that exists today, deep and profound. Uh, we have placed water purification systems. I can't even tell you, Megan, how many countries. I cannot tell you how many countries we put those in. Um, and he's a deep, devout Christian. The ministry that I now serve on the board with um, is deeply devoted, the deeply devoted to bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, we want to bring safe water, but we understand the the water of the real water is the living water, and and it is just a great opportunity. We have put things, we have put these in schools, in in, in community centers, hospitals, in in churches, um, and when we do that, then we can have a then we have a kind of it's almost like we have a we have an avenue now, don't we? We have a we have a way in, and now it just begins to spiral, and it's just crazy. So I, those are some moments of time for us as a church. Just trying to re, just trying to hit about fifteen minutes of just kind of a real broad overview. Yeah, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, partnerships, 
and just believing that God can use some a, a pretty small country church in some pretty big ways. So that yeah. is awesome. It, it's all awesome. It's exciting, and you're excited, and I can see that passion in you. It's, it's wonderful. I I am thrilled to hear such such powerful ministry happening from such a, a rural place. So this is a vision that that your whole congregation has just grasped. How did that come about? Great question, Megan. Because um, you know when I got when I got here, um, I like to say uh, I don't know if I said this at New Room. I may have, but. Um, Again, I, I'm pretty simple. I, I repeat some things. You know, I, I'm a I'm a pretty good parent. I'm a pretty good dad. Dads repeat things, so I'm a good dad. Go. I repeat things to my kids a lot. I got all, all three of my kids are grown kids. But when we first got here, this small country church was a turtle. I don't know if I said this at New Room, but you know what turtles do? Yeah. Turtles draw in, right? And during a pandemic, and during strife, and racial unrest, and political unrest, and everything that we've encountered. A lot of churches can do this, yes. and and this is now you know 18 years ago when I first got here, but I found this church beautiful, be beautiful people, um, very very rural, but very turtleish. And our mascot, if you think about having a mascot for the kingdom, our mascot's not a turtle. Our mascot's a lion, and um, lions don't really hide from too many things. And so we began to teach about that. So a lot of teaching, as I said, this took time. This was not easy. It was not overnight. Not everyone bought into the vision. I, I teach um, a, a multiplication cohort here at the state in the state of Indiana level. Um, blessed, blessed, blessed to work with uh, 50, 60, 70 pastors and, and help kind of help them understand uh, kind of some principles of multiplication. It's not one blanket covers all, but the Holy Spirit of a living God knows you, knows your community, knows your church, knows your resources and knows how to pull all that together. And as we began to pray about those two things, um, how can we advance the kingdom and how can we embrace the Holy Spirit better? Those are the two kind of key components of all of our, of the teaching and preaching, Megan, I think that really kind of led to this moment. Um, we talked about um, with the kingdom, we talked about church and kingdom are two different things. And, and, uh, and, and kingdom principles are different than church principles sometimes. And, and uh, we invite, we, in, uh, we adopted a, a mission statement in 2012 called Strategically Small. So again, remember, that's now been six years. That's, that's almost six or seven years that I was here. Sure. And it took that long to just, just really begin to teach and very patiently teach and preach and lay some groundwork about what is our call. We go on a couple of, this church is 208 years old. Before, before 2005, this church had never been on an international mission trip, never. And now, uh, so there's two things that came out of strategically small. One was the mindset, we are, we're supposed to be small. We're, we're Firmer's Chapel. Even the word Firmer's Chapel, you know, ch chapel is a chapel. We're, we, we see the 155 people in our sanctuary and that's if everybody likes each other. And, and so it's 155 people. Um, in COVID, that's impossible because, you know, you just couldn't do that, you know, very well or safely. So we had to find other places. We've had partnerships around our community. And I'll talk about that in just a second about how internationally opened up our doors locally. Yes. I think a lot of churches have this idea backwards, Megan. We think we are going to get involved first locally, and then we'll look at international. We found it to be very different. We started reaching out into the world 
And now all of a sudden, so many people here, we are connected to dozens of businesses, secular agencies, ministries. We, we have eight to, I can't even remember, 10 to 12 buildings downtown that we either own or rent because we're, we're such a, in Cordon, Indiana, is about 2,000 people. And so we kind of have this fixture in, in, in downtown that Firmers Chapel kind of, we're known for being a church that is very, very, very involved in our community, but strategically small. We're supposed to stay small. We're supposed to grow the kingdom. How does that happen? We can't build, we're, there's no way we're going to build a church of 5,000 people. We're not going to go into debt millions of dollars and build a brand new building. That's just not us. And we couldn't afford that. And that's not our DNA. So we had to really determine. So the first thing is our DNA. What's our DNA? Um, and who are we? And once we figured out we're okay being a small country church and having influence in the world, and we began to see those partnerships. And guess what the Holy Spirit does? He begins to open up those partnerships. And part of our job sometimes is just to say yes and be obedient and start following through and praying about wisdom and discernment. And that's a trial and error type of thing. The, the, the other thing that, that strategically small, that, that vision statement, that vision phrase, again, that, that's what we have landed on is we are called to be strategically small. Um, that doesn't mean small forever and be like a turtle, but I think we're strategically small like a lion. Um, and one of the things that led to was a mission statement called Pursue 52. And so uh, four years ago, five years ago, we adopted something called Pursue 52, like you're talking about the whole congregation. We've got flags from almost every nation that we are in all around our sanctuary. So large flags on the walls of, of our, just to remind us, we are a kingdom center. We are a kingdom church. We sit in the woods of Cordon, Indiana, Southern Indiana, but we're a kingdom outpost. We are not post for the kingdom. And so it really is about this. You know, Romans 12 tells us about the renewing of the mind. We have to think differently about who we are. And we started talking about Pursue 52. How many weeks in the year? 52. So our vision is this. And it's uh, last, right before COVID, the year before COVID, um, we hit 26. We hit halfway. So we're still, we're still pursuing. 52 weeks of the year, we expect a mission team from this church to be going out or coming back 52 weeks, wow. pursue 52. And the year before, right before COVID in 2020 or 2019, in 2019, uh, we had 26, we hit 26 weeks. We had mission teams going out, coming in, Haiti, Colombia, um, 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 Nepal, um, Thailand, Turkey, Pakistan, Malawi, Egypt, just we had people doing this and this. These are all our people. And I got to say this one last thing. I'm just so excited. Um, our latest international. This is so cool. Our latest international church plant, Alaska. Now, awesome. I, know, I, know it's in, I know it's in the continental 50, right? right? But if you talk to any missionary in Alaska, they'll tell you it is international. Sure. Um, but this is a 60-year-old couple that uh, felt like God called them to Alaska. They quit their jobs early. And, uh, and, these are, and all these ministries we do, um, whether it's like a Ronald, we're looking now, tonight's vision, we're looking at a Ronald McDonald house in Columbia that we would sponsor, we would help staff, we would help support. So because there's a, this church is planting, one of our church partners is planting, a, is going to build a building, and they want to turn the whole second floor of this building into like a Ronald McDonald house, where severely uh, sick and, um, and uh, kids who need surgery 
they have there's a free place for parents to stay. Well, we want to partner with that. So that's one of the visions tonight. But uh, so we have so many of these community services. We have training centers and we have churches. And in Alaska, there's an old beat up church right literally 50 yards away from the Yukon River. And um, this couple went to Marshall, Alaska. They found this church. We helped support them. We've helped train them where they're here now on furlough. And we're meeting with them again to figure out what we can do uh, when we, they go back out in March. They took over this church within month, within weeks, I'm sorry, within weeks, um, a community of 2000, Marshall, Indian, Marshall, Alaska. There are 80 people in this church now within just weeks. And of the 80 people, 60 are kids. Um, and so uh, that's our newest one, our, our, our newest one. So we planted that in May. And uh, now tonight we'll have some new ones because we're meeting with our Colombian contacts again. So, yeah, I mean, I just... That's yeah. our congregation. Uh, our congregation gets excited because they realize this is bigger than them. Yes. And we get to do something that impacts the world. Yeah. I wish that we had time today to talk about um, your training and sending and, and planting and receiving processes um, and that follow up and, and, and connection. But um, if, if a church wanted more information about that, how could they get in touch with you? Um, I am on Facebook. Um, I am on Twitter. Um, I try to be as cool as I can, Megan, but I'm 57. So, <laughs> but I try to be on, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, uh, I, my email, I can give you my email address. I can give you a, a phone number. Uh, I just want to be, I really do want to help people figure this out because I know it seems daunting. And, and I'd be more than happy to come back at any point in time. I know we have a limited time, but there is, there is, a, and we've had to learn. I will say this in 20 seconds or less. It is a trial and error in how to designate, discern people, train people, send them out and maintain that level. It's a trial and error and it's, it's not easy. Uh, it yeah. is, a, it's kind of hard work. It is, like I said, it's probably the bulk of what I do here now. The bulk of what I do. Simple man, I just want to preach the gospel, but now the bulk of what I do is help train, maintain, and, and, and start new ministries in other continents. Never thought that was part of what I was going to do, um, but there is a process, and a lot of times it's just learning by trial and error. So, But um, I can give you my email. I can give you my phone number. I am good to have anybody contact me any way they can. So That's great. Well, I am actually, I am blessed to be able to be part of the Multipliers Learning Cohort. So I guess I will see you in Indianapolis in May. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so that'd be great. I'm looking forward to being part of that. Awesome. And, uh, learning how to do a lot of what you're doing, you know, in my own context as well and help be part of that training for others. So good deal. Good deal. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tim. Let me say a prayer before we run out of time, and then we will see you again another time uh, to get more of this story. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for uh, Pastor Tim and for Frimmer's Chapel and leading the way in rural ministry that has a worldwide kingdom impact. Father, I ask that you would give each and every person who is tuning in to this podcast, Lord, a a spirit of of courage and of love and um, 
and Lord, guide and direct their steps as, as it takes time. Lord, give them, uh, give them perseverance in the process. Help us, Lord, to be the kind of churches that make disciples who plant churches for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in.